Want to learn more about Ahrefs? Check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step -step SEO tutorials. And their seven-day trial is only $7. So head over to ahrefs.com and sign up now. For instance, when looking at competitors, you can see the pages and content that send them the most traffic. You can find out exactly which keywords they're ranking for and which backlinks are helping them out. And then from there, you can either replicate or improve on their strategies to make yourself even stronger. Our sponsor for the show is Optio, who makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic and creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot -E com slash S-E-J. Okay, welcome to the Search Engine Journal Show. Thanks for joining us. I hope your 2020 is off to a great start. And this year, I will be continuing our ongoing series, Better Know and SEO Pro. So let's get to it. Uh, one person in SEO you better know about is Tony Wright. Tony is the CEO of Wright IMC, which is a full-service digital marketing agency based in the Dallas, Texas area. Tony has been in the industry for 21 years. Uh, in the past, Tony was a director of digital at Weber Shanwick, which is the largest PR firm in the world. He is currently a contributor to Search Engine Journal, and this year he will be one of our uh, four columnists sharing the Ask an SEO column. Uh, in the past, uh, you may have read him on Search Engine Watch, Forbes, or uh, any other number of publications. Tony has also spoken at PubCon, Save Search, Digital Summits, SMX, and many others. Uh, has won quite a few awards over the years as well, uh, including excellence in interactive marketing, AMA Marketer of the Year, Outstanding Alumnus of Texas Tech University, and more. And uh, you can find Tony on Twitter at Tony N. Wright. And here he is, Tony Wright. Welcome to the Search Engine Journal Show, Tony. I'm so uh, glad to have you here today. Thanks so much for having me, Danny. It's great to be here. Awesome. So yeah, let's let's kick off. So. Uh, for people who may not know too much about what you do, uh, tell, talk to me a little bit about what uh, Right IMC does today. Uh, what do you offer? What's sort of your focus there? Sure. Uh, well, uh, we are full service digital. That means that uh, just about anything that has to do with digital, we can do with the exception in house, with the exception of a few things like affiliate marketing, rewards, et cetera. But, you know, we build websites. Uh, we do, um, uh, you know, we do lots of paid um, search and programmatic and and you name it. Um, but we you know but we we really have deep deep roots in search, both paid and uh, organic. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Now you founded the company in 2007. Um, so when you started, was it just you at the start, or did you start with you know maybe a co-founder, or was it just like you from the beginning? Sure. It, it was it was me in the very very beginning for about the first four months, and then my one of my very close friends who was a uh, working at uh, in house at Sherwin Williams uh, came on board, and John Comfer, and he and uh, and we kind of grew it from there, uh, you know, for the last thirteen years. Wow, excellent! So, what sort of made you want to decide to create your own marketing agency at that point in, in your life? 
Well, sure. Well, my my background before I got into to this, uh, I was actually a journalist um, okay. working in newspapers. Decided that that honestly, I looked at the future and saw it, it wasn't going to pay the bills for my goals and uh, and the plus that the industry was having some issues as uh, has been well documented. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went got my graduate degree in advertising and then. Uh, worked at Weber, started at Weber Shamwick, but my goal, I, I'm from a family of entrepreneurs. My goal have always been to start my own company mm-hmm. eventually. Um, and, uh, I kept looking for that opportunity and, uh, search was actually, I fell in love with search at, at Weber, even though I did a lot of other things. And that, uh, kind of spurred me at the time, the, you know, search engine marketing agency was really that model starting to take off. I had been involved in it and I thought, I can do this even if I'm just starting out as a consultant and that's what we did and then uh, grew it, you know, into a, a real business from there. Awesome. And how big is the company now? How many uh, employees do you have? Uh, we have 15, 15, around 15 employees, depending on how you count things. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've been as high as a lot, as 40, almost 50 employees. I, I don't like it that big. Mm-hmm. Frankly, it's a little too hard to manage quality control. Gotcha. They feel like we're a really good site. We're, we're in a growth mode right now, but we're not going to get much bigger than 25. I just don't want to. So, okay. Yeah, sounds good. All right, cool. Um, so as you were starting in 2007, did you imagine that this would be a thing that would still be happening in 2020? Like, did you have a long-term vision for this or like the goal to just make this your life at that point? Um, yeah, I did. I, I actually ha- am a huge believer in – uh, the longevity of search. I didn't see it going away, even even if it changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the core fundamentals, there's always going to be something, there's always going to be a need for people to find uh, something and search is going to be around forever. And, and so I felt like it was a pretty safe bet that even though, you know, the industry has definitely changed, it wasn't going to go away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'd hoped to, to grow into into a, a business that could support me and my family and, and my employees. And we've done that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So uh, as you look back from today, what sort of your CEO hat on, uh, what would you say are maybe the biggest change or a couple of changes from t- uh, looking at today versus when you're just starting out? Like, you know, I'm guessing it, it's more competitive these days probably. Um, but yeah, I'd just be curious for your thoughts on that. Well, sure. I think that probably the biggest change has been some of the expectations of the clients that come in the door. Mm. Uh, we have, you know, it's it seems like it has gotten a lot more difficult as far as a lot of people have been burned. And um, we sometimes are starting behind. I feel like we're starting behind the starting line because uh, we're having to make sure that, you know, hold hand holding with clients as they're worried they're going to get burned again. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and if there was anything I could change, it would be some of the the dubious tactics that are used by some, What you know, I don't really even like to call them SEOs, but people that are on the fringe just trying to churn and burn. Um, that's been uh, probably, as we've seen more and more people getting uh, involved in search being burned by somebody, uh, that's been one of the bigger changes. And then, of course, you know, the, the tactics, the, the the core of search hasn't really changed that much since Google's been around. But mm-hmm. but the the tactics and the things that we can do and and can't do, even things that you know we considered white hat ten years ago, 
there's many of those things that we wouldn't ever touch today. So sure, absolutely. Um, so so would you say like you're seeing more of this uh, the situation where people are coming to you like after they've been burned? Like you're seeing that a lot more lately, is what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's almost I I would say 75 percent of the folks that we're working with they've they've either been burned or had just a bad relationship. Sometimes it's it, they've actually come from a decent uh, SEO, but because of the way that they work, that they or their expectations were were out of whack, or you know they, they feel like they got burned, and mm-hmm. and that's just been a. It's I feel like you know I keep telling these a lot of prospects, uh, don't make me pay for the sins of your past marketing agency, but right. it, it doesn't work that way. We still have to to get them on board. Yeah. Um, yeah, how, I, I'm curious, like how, when, when someone like that comes to you and, you know, like, are, are they just like, how do you convince them that they still, even though they, they did get burned, but like they were just had a really bad experience. Like they had, you know, they were dealing with someone who didn't either understand their, their market or their product or whatever the case might be. Like, how do you actually convince them, uh, and, you know, and sort of turn them around and get them to buy into search at that point? Well, I mean, when they're a prospect, I, I'm really big into consultative selling, and so I, I will spend time going through even what that was done for them. And I'll be honest; I'll tell them if they did, if what was done was the correct thing to do, or in, in my opinion, mm-hmm. obviously, but it, or if uh, if they did get burned, and, and sometimes they didn't. Sometimes it was just this is this was actually the way that they should have gone but they didn't wait long enough or their mm-hmm. expectations were out of whack mm-hmm. other times it's absolutely you've got spammy links you've got all sorts of issues this is old tactics it's you know that and and in those cases i i tell them you know straight up yeah you got burned and you probably you probably got what you paid for in mm-hmm. in, in a lot of cases right um and and that's you know, it's. I don't ever like to look at another SEO's work and say you didn't do your job because I have been on the the end of where we definitely weren't being able to do everything that we wanted to do, and because of client limitations or or other issues. And if somebody looked at our work, would say you guys don't know what you're doing. So I never want to say another SEO didn't do a good job, but I can say this wasn't enough to get you where you needed to be. Gotcha. Excellent. Okay. So, um, as we mentioned, you know, you've been doing this for about 13 years now. Um, so what keeps you passionate about, um, you know, what you're doing every day? What, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Well, I really like to help people, uh, help small businesses. And when we can, I think the biggest thing for me is not necessarily even the clients that we make the most money for, but the ones where we help them get beyond a, an issue. Um, and it's, a, you know, it's, it's one of those things to where I every day am uh, also love, I love learning and I love learning about new things. And, um, and this particular industry allows, I mean, I've really gotten into marketing automation. I've really gotten into uh, attribution uh, um, marketing and just learning about, you know, all the different, there's so many fascinating things that are coming out with attribution. Even uh, I, could go down a rabbit hole all day long. And frankly, sometimes I have to pull myself back and say, okay, you need to stop exploring these little things and, and make sure that you're getting the actual work done. But uh, in my position, that's great because I can do, I can take the time to explore some of those 
passions because uh, I have a great team that, that makes sure that everything does get done. Awesome. Great. Okay. So uh, as the boss, uh, in terms of leadership, are there any lessons or tips that maybe you could share um, for maybe how uh, someone can better lead or train their employees so that you can make sure that they get the work done like you were just talking about? Sure. Well, I mean, we have, uh, we've taken a number of different approaches over the years. Uh, I really like to start, <clears throat> I like to work with folks that are uh, somewhat new in their career. I'm, I'm not a huge fan of hiring a lot of uh, people who have been doing this for 20 odd years like myself, because frankly, a lot of times that they don't work as well on our process where we can bring someone in, train them up, and then understand that they may leave us at some point. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't understand is you want to make sure that you're getting something out of, you know, you don't want someone leaving in six months, but if someone comes to you right out of college and, and sticks with you for two or three years and then moves on, that's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, mm -hmm. we have right now, I believe we have five or six clients that are uh, run by former employees of Right IMC. You know, they leave and they, they have the opportunity to look for an agency because of their new position. And, and who else are they going to go with? But th those of us that, that they know. And uh, I mean, we've got folks here that are alumnus that are uh, running Hilton Hotels campaign. In fact, the head SEO at JCPenney is, uh, is a former Right IMC employee. And there's, there's a, tons of people that have, have worked here that were still have great relationships with that have moved on because their station and you know they they either outgrew here or the agency work wasn't for them for the long term and uh, I think that a lot of people are really fo so focused on trying to keep everyone that they don't understand that sometimes it's best to let somebody go. Hmm. Very interesting. I like that. Um, so one other question um, now, if someone maybe listening who wants to grow their own marketing agency. Is there any advice based on your experiences that uh, maybe you could share tips, you know, in terms of what has worked for you? Sure. <laughs> I think the biggest thing and what I see other people who are starting agencies, uh, you know, you may be the best SEO in the world, but if you can't sell, you can't have an agency. You mm. just can't. Mm -hmm. You've got to learn some sales training at least a little bit because you may be the best in the world, but you're definitely not going to convince someone to give you to give you their money unless you can quote unquote sell them on the fact that you're that they need to. Uh, it's not always as obvious as you think it is. Um, and the other the other side of that is you've got to have uh, somebody who's going to run the operations, and that's why my business partner and I work pretty well. I'm really good at sales and being the face of the company, and he's really good at making sure that the trains run on time. Mm -hmm. uh, and and making sure that everything gets done. And uh, I think that you need, if you can't, it's very hard for to find one person that can do both. And you frankly, pro, as you grow, you definitely won't have time, but you, ha you have to have both of those disciplines in order to be a successful agency. Yeah. Excellent. Good, good answer. All right. Uh, let's talk clients for a second. So how do you decide which clients to work with and how do you know maybe when a client isn't quite the right fit for your agency? Sure. I was actually talking about this today. Uh, one of the things that uh, we, we had recently had a, a client come in, they've been with us for a few months and things aren't going as well as I'd like them to. And what I found out is that my team is not 
being as assertive as they need to be. We're not setting the priorities. We're acting more like a waiter. Um, you know, we're, we're bringing them what they need. They, they say, this is what we need. We, we do it. And then we move on. Uh, we provide no very little value when that happens. Mm -hmm. When we're just taking orders from a client, that is, it, we charge too much to just be, you know, your your webmaster. That's not, uh, right. you know, we're uh, we're at 160 plus dollars an hour. That you can hire a webmaster for a lot cheaper than that. Um, where we sh where we need to be shining is in providing that strategic value and what needs to happen. And if a client comes on and they're not going to let uh, we cannot adjust our processes to what they need then we're not going to be a fit if they if they come you know obviously there's budgetary reasons if somebody comes and they just don't have the money uh to to work with us then that's one deal but if they can't work within our processes uh and our processes are very meant to be very flexible but there are some that just want us to do what they want us to do and and that's not a good fit for it for our particular firm mm -hmm. excellent okay um so thinking back on your your time here at right imc uh, do you have maybe a highlight moment or like a great memory that stands out from uh, all your years there that you're particularly proud of well sure i mean i well <laughs> Uh, the day that we became that one of our clients became number one for the for the keyword term mesothelioma was a big deal. Wow, That's <laughs> kind of, I kind of joke about that. It was a, that was a lot of work and uh, and and we didn't stick there for very long, but we were there for a little while. Um, uh, I I think that the other one would be we want. I mean, getting recognition from some of our peers with some of the awards we've won. I mean, a few years ago we won the Excellence in Interactive Marketing Award and the American Marketers uh, of the Year Award on the, mm -hmm. in the ceremonies were the same night. Oh, wow. So we had to actually split the team up going to different ones. And, <laughs> and we won the big awards at both. So, I mean, that was a lot of fun. And, and watching, you know, the team team members grow and, and even move on and do they do their own things. And, you know, we've got folks that, that started here right out of school, have been here, you know, eight to 10 years. They now started out with uh, single folks and now are married with kids and, you mm. know, uh, becoming a family. And uh, mm -hmm. that that's fun to watch as well. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, let's see. So we talked a little bit about how before you were doing all the marketing stuff that you were in journalism. I was curious, is, is there any skills maybe that you took from the world of journalism uh, that you've applied to your, you know, to marketing and to SEO? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, there are deadlines. I'm so deadline oriented and mm -hmm. everyone who works for me eventually becomes that way or they go crazy. Um, uh, you know, our, our actually I have on the wall here, we do what we say we're going to do when we say we're going to do it. Mm. And, I, and that's kind of my motto. Um, I, I don't like to be late for anything. And so deadlines, you're probably a big one writing and just communicating, obviously is, is huge. And then, uh, but also the research, uh, portion of journalism, you know, understanding how to listen to someone and, and get the story out there that works for both clients and telling them the story that they need to hear and, uh, and the client's customers and telling the, the telling the story to the general public or the consuming public of our clients, products and services. Mm -hmm. 
Ooh. Okay. Um, and also, uh, I always like to ask, because this is always fascinating to me, like, well, when before you knew SEO, like, when you were learning about SEO, how did you learn it? Like, what was the best method for you? Was it, like, hands-on testing stuff? Was it reading about it? Like, what, what worked for you in the early days? Uh, I read everything that I could get my hands on, and frankly, in 98, 99, there, there was not as much. Right. There was some. I mean, mm-hmm. I was involved with... Uh, uh, Detlef's, uh, Detlef's iSearch uh, forum, and of course read every everything that Danny Sullivan mm-hmm. wrote. Uh, um, I went to some of the very first search engine strategies, especially when they came to Dallas. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Mike uh, Rob Garner, we were, I had lunch with him the other day. If you, you know who he is, he wrote Search and Social Book. He and I met in 1999 at the Search Engine Strategies Conference, and we've been great friends ever since. You know, yeah. Uh, so we and. and and I, but, and then once I met other people in the industry, that was, you know, obviously a huge game changer for me. But, uh, and because then I had a network of people that I could talk to. But at first, it, and it was literally trial and error, uh, you know, web position gold software and figuring things out. And uh, it, you know, it was, I knew HTML, so I guess I was ahead of the game there. But, but I, really hadn't done much information retrieval or anything like that. So I had to read and learn everything. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, let's see. Now let's go to um, what, what would be uh, one of your favorite, it could be SEO or marketing, uh, a campaign or a project that you've worked on. Um, do you have like a favorite that you've ever um, just worked on and had really great success with or something that just sort of, you always go, oh, I'm really proud of this particular project. Sure, there are there are quite a few over the years. I think that I mean a one one that I loved. Uh, we it's a weird company, I guess. It's the largest parking lot striping company in the world. Um, they were one of our very first clients at Right IMC because my my business partner, of course, came in from Sherwin Williams. So this was one of his uh, contacts there and. Um, when we first started talking to them as a father son, uh, the father was like, we're B2B, we knock on doors, we don't go and go uh, online and there's no way that this is going to help us. The son was like, let's just try it. We ended up getting them number one for parking lot striping and they realized an entirely new business model mm. because they started getting requests for restripes, like the church or the daycare that just needed the parking lot restriped. Nice. Well, they, they switched things up. And now they are they they have quadrupled in revenue um, hmm. because they just used to do construction jobs and realized how much need there was for this restriping, and they continue to be a client. Last year they took their entire staff to Hawaii. Unfortunately, they decided not to take us, but uh, <laughs> but but I do know, and they've told us that it was definitely. Um, us getting them up the seeing the opportunity within the restriping business that made them, you know, they still do the construction jobs, but they shifted it to where now they, they make a lot more money sure. uh, with these smaller jobs um, hmm. than they, than they did just doing, you know, they just like they did the Dallas Cowboys stadium. That was a huge job. Oh, wow, yeah. Great to get that. Mm-hmm. It's great to get those types of jobs, but to get the, you know, but, you get 10 church jobs, you know, 20 church jobs. And that, and that is the same as a Dallas Cowboys stadium. And they can mm. do that in a month. Wow. 
That's awesome. I like that. So, and then I like to always flip this question around as well. Uh, so did you ever have one of those situations where you had this client and things just did not go as planned? And um, <laughs> now knowing what you know, like, could, like, what would you do differently? Uh, and, and with this one, I always like to say, you know, don't, you don't have to mention the name of the client or anything, but, you know, we, it's just like one of those curiosity questions of if you could go back and do over that one client that, you know, got away or just didn't perform as well as you thought. Um, did you ever have one of those situations? Oh yeah, there's there's more of those than I care to admit or care to count. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I mean, I some of the biggest the biggest ones have been uh, either where we had I had one one where frankly we had somebody in in house that could do some technical stuff, uh, so we bid the project out knowing that we had that person in house. Then um, all of a sudden they decided to 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 move on and we didn't have those skills in house so we ended up having to outsource it for w actually even more than the client was paying us mm. um you know that i've lost that, that was a particular project we ended up <laughs> actually losing about 10 to fifteen thousand dollars on wow <laughs> uh so i you know obviously that was a huge mistake but there have been a lot of others where and it's usually due to the fact that we have either a client that doesn't, you know, they don't give us access to something or, um, or we just, you know, there's been a few times where, uh, oh, here's one, uh, a good one. Um, we had a client that was a, they they, and they're still a client actually, but they sell backpacks. Uh, mm -hmm. they're, and they're these really cool backpacks that have a, a backpack frame on them that gives you a little seat for your backpack when you're hiking. And um, we started a search campaign for them and then, quickly realized after we'd spent some money and that no one is looking for a backpack with a seat. Oh, uh, yep. seems, uh, seems like a very basic thing in retrospect, but mm -hmm. there was no search volume. We couldn't even get any keywords to show up. So uh, we flipped them. Luckily it was a good friend of mine that we were able to use understanding. We were able to flip them over to a discovery campaign with Facebook and some programmatic. And now they're doing really, really well selling you can go get your pack rabbit now at uh, Cabela's or uh, yeah, Academy Sports and Outdoors. They sell them everywhere, but also online at packrabbit.com. Mm -hmm. Just a plug for my for my client because they're <laughs> also great guys. Mm -hmm. But that uh, that was a huge learning thing for me. Uh, understand understanding that we really before we even even though that one was a friend, so we didn't really do our due diligence before we sold it. Uh, we we need to make sure we do the the search volume to make sure that they're is actually an audience in search for the particular product that we're a uh, product or service that we're uh, helping to promote. Want to learn more about Ahrefs? Check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step -step SEO tutorials and their seven day trial is only $7. So head over to ahrefs.com and sign up now. For instance, when looking at competitors, you can see the pages and content that send them the most traffic. You can find out exactly which keywords they're ranking for and which backlinks are helping them out. And then from there, you can either replicate or improve on their strategies to make yourself even stronger. Our sponsor for the show is Optio, who makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic and creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. 
To learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash S-E-J. So I was reading your bio, and I don't know if you'll want to talk about this one, but I'm going to ask about it because it's really cool. <laughs> so um, you mentioned that obviously you have some experience in online crisis uh, communication and brand reputation strategy. And in your bio, you mentioned that you were directing the online corporate reputation management strategy uh, strategy for American Airlines immediately following the events of September 11th, 2001. Um now you say buy me a drink, <clears throat> and I can't do that virtually, of course. But uh, if I could <laughs> buy you a virtual drink, would you? Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that now, and then? Because uh, <laughs> I'd love to hear sure. that. Sure. Um, and, and it's there's actually quite a few stories out there. I've been interviewed about it uh, a lot, and it was a, I was doing all of the digital, a lot of digital marketing for American Airlines. In fact, it was funny the guy that was in charge of the digital for corporate had uh, left American. I was at Weber Shamick, And so I was actually embedded uh, over there working there almost full time mm -hmm. because they, they hadn't replaced him yet. And I was the guy that knew it. So um, when it happened, when, when it happened, I actually was driving into work and I got a call from my boss said, get over to headquarters as quick as you can. I, you know, I didn't know what was going on, walked into chaos and, mm. uh, in the next almost 72 hours straight was chaos. I didn't go home for 72 hours and I didn't wow. sleep or anything. Um, the biggest, you know, it's, and it started out as an IT job almost because the whole corporate, everything in the world was going down. We couldn't keep the website up, mm -hmm. couldn't keep anything up. Um, but we weren't alone. It, like every, you know, CNN was down too. We were, you know, oh, yeah. Um, and then it turned into monitoring and then writing responses. And uh, actually, I actually ended up ghostwriting the CEO's uh, letter that went on the, the corporate website. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, we had the FBI come in and make sure that we weren't doing anything, putting anything up that they didn't want to see, especially when the passenger list came out. All right. You know, and, and, and from a crisis comm standpoint, I, you know, I had done crisis. We had had quite a few crises already in America. And I knew what, what that was going, but we had, we had phone books full of things to that we needed you know plans for any type of crisis that we could think of the one crisis we never thought of was one where we had planes that had crashed and we could not get our our people to the crash site right because mm -hmm. we cuz there were no planes so i mean we had a we we were really lucky in that uh, my boss at the time was able to get the ceo of of weber shanwick's on the on his cell phone before uh all the phones in new york got to where nobody could talk so we had his cell phone sitting in a conference room in, in manhattan and we're talking to them people are walking to the air to the airport because they can't get a cab out there to, mm -hmm. to to try and help uh the press and help people that were that were freaking out and you know we were coordinating all of that i was coordinating the the any responses on the website. We, and the other thing is CNN would say something we would find, you know, that we knew wasn't true. We would call CNN and say, that's not true. And watch in real time as they corrected mm. the rumors that were coming out. Right. That was, you know, to have that kind of, uh, I guess I won't say power, but, uh, influence was, was really, I've never had it since then. So, mm. uh, that was, but the whole experience was just a, it, it was the worst time in the world for anything, but it really did define my career for years. Uh, you know, I've, I've, 
tried to move away from crisis stuff, still do some, actually quite a bit, but mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's a young man's game, let's just say. But um, that one event put me ahead of guys that have been doing crisis for years because I, I was able to uh, guide successfully and, and move the, the blame from, you know, we, the, our big thing is, is American Airlines going to get blamed for this tragedy? But no, this turned out to be a, you know, a national crisis. And we got lucky mm-hmm. on that. I didn't do anything to help to, to make that happen. We just made sure that the narrative uh, supported that fact. Right. Wow. Wow. That must've been a time. I can't even imagine. Oh my. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. we'll along from that, that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that story, by the way. That's really, uh, sure. really interesting. Um, so, yeah, so obviously we, we mentioned earlier that, you know, you, you come from an uh, entrepreneurship background. So um, at any point uh, during this, uh, you know, your journey of, uh, either before or during Right IMC, uh, have you ever found yourself sort of at a point where you were truly struggling? Um, and if so, how did you deal with it? And what did you learn from it? Sure. I think anybody who's done, uh, who's been an entrepreneur, if they haven't struggled, they're going to, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if you haven't stayed up at night wondering how you were going to make payroll, um, then you're not a true entrepreneur in my mm-hmm. opinion. Yes. Uh, and, and definitely been to in places that were, I mean, to the point where didn't know if we were going to make it, you know, if we were going to have to go get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and frankly, how do I deal with it? I just move forward. That's all I can say. I don't know. There's no tips or tricks. It, it is, you know, sometimes it's compartmentalizing things to make sure that you're, you can still get done what you need to get done without having, uh, the worry of what could happen cripple you mm-hmm. going forward. I've seen people do that. Um, uh, I think that it's also not being afraid to ask for favors and help when you need them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not being afraid to that, that, that sometimes you need, you know, sometimes you need to reach out to your network and say, Hey, I need some business. Um, and it's, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. In fact, when people do that to me, if I can find it or help them, I will. Mm-hmm. If I can't, I don't, yep. you know, it's not, I never get offended by anyone asking for help. I, I get offended by people asking me to, to do their job or, or something like that. But right. if you need, you know, I never get offended by anyone asking for, for help or asking for referrals, especially if I, you know, don't ask for a referral if I don't know you, but ask for, if, if I know you, I've worked with you and I, and you think that I like you ask for a referral. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. So let's, sh- let's shift gears a little bit. Uh, talk about speaking because obviously we mentioned you've spoken at plenty of conferences uh, over the <laughs> Yeah, uh, bunch of years. Um, of course, I know you mostly from PubCon. Um, so yeah, I'd just like to sort of get your best piece of advice, maybe for people who uh, either are thinking about getting into conference speaking or you know, or something like that. Um, you know, do you have sort of any tips for people, whether it's you know about pitching or the actual speaking itself, that you could maybe share from your years of experience? Sure, I, I think that you know people always a lot of times they'll ask, how do I get um, a speaking gig at a conference. And I can tell you that the best way that I know to get a speaking gig is to, first of all, go to the conference before the one you want to speak at, if you can, if you can afford it at all, go and participate and get to know the people, the other speakers get to know the people, uh, the organizers and, um, 
you know, all, most conferences have a Q&A session mm-hmm. after, or, uh, after the speakers. Ask good questions in those Q&A sessions, even if you know the answer. Sometimes I'll go to a Q&A session, even today, and I may know what the answer is, but I want to have the speaker address a specific topic to make sure that everyone else knows, so I'll ask the question. Mm-hmm. Um, don't make it into a commercial about yourself, when you're, but if you're asking good questions, uh, you're going to get noticed. And, and putting stuff out there, you know, publishing stuff about the conference, tagging uh, the speakers, tagging the organizers, and then just going and saying hello to the organizers and, and getting them to know who you are so that when that pitch comes through with your name on it, they remember your name and remember who you are. You're, mm-hmm. I can guarantee you you're 100% more likely to get a yes if they know who you are than if you're just cold pitching, even if you have the best pitch in the world. I, mm-hmm. I've learned that. You know, I think I speak at the, all these conferences, but even me doing a cold pitch to a conference that I've never seen before, um, I, I have a very – I have a very small chance of getting accepted mm-hmm. uh, without some sort of introduction or, or knowing the organizer or someone in some way. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, what's your, what is your favorite part about speaking at conferences? I speaking is my favorite part of my job, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I, I love uh, getting in front of people and, and, and talking about what I do. Um, uh, I love the Q and a, I, I, I prefer a panel talk over a, a over a, a presentation any day of the week because frankly when i'm doing a presentation i'm telling you what i think whereas if i'm doing a panel or a q a session i can react and give you the information that you need and that's what i really like i, I love i used to do with dallas fort research engine marketing association which i've been involved with since the beginning um i used to every month uh give site clinics uh, that was at the end of each meeting. I would, uh, I would get up and I would lead a site clinic, and everybody would kind of chime in, looking at people's sites. And that was still some of my favorite memories in SEO. Was we had a whole room full of SEO experts giving small business people advice on their sites, and uh, I was leading that those discussions. And that is to me the, the best part when I can do those site clinics. I love them. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That actually sort of ties in with uh, Ask an SEO, which is uh, you're going to be writing that column for Search Engine Journal where people write in their questions and you provide the answers. So, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to you getting, uh, we already had uh, one out so far from you uh, on that. Yes. So, yeah. Are you sort of looking forward to doing more of that this year with the uh, Ask an SEO? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's to, it, it. I think we're going to, and, and I'm, I'm thrilled with the other people that I, I'm, friends with every single one of the other columnists. They're all great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I love, you know, I, gosh, uh, you know, Adam, Adam Reamer and I send each other gag gifts all the time, you know, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he, I think my, my wife, my wife might love him more than uh, she loves me in some cases. So, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, they, 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 they like to hang out a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Adam, Adam and his partner and, and, and I get along really well too. So it's, it's, He's just a great guy, and uh, Ryan and Shelly—they're they're all amazing SEOs, and I'm I'm looking forward to reading their columns and and uh, arguing over who gets the best questions. I'm sure, which I'm sure we'll do, and uh, okay. it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Yep, yep, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Looking forward to more of that. Um, yeah. So also, obviously, so you write for Search Engine Journal, and you've written for plenty of other places. So um, with all your knowledge, and of course, 
you know, you started in journalism. So um, after all that experience, um, what does it what does it take, in your opinion, to write? Well, you know, whether it's for a popular publication or even just, you know, maybe for your company blog, uh, are there any maybe writing tips that you could share with people, Um, you know, things you've learned over the years in terms of what makes something, you know, compelling and worth reading? I think, yeah, I mean, it's a good question. And, you know, obviously being a writer uh, by trade for a long time, I I have strong opinions on, on writing. Uh, as far as style and things like that goes. But at the end of the day, it's really about trying to, even when it's dry business stuff, how can you tell a story with it? How can Mm -hmm. you keep, you know, if, if you're creating a technical manual, that's one thing, but if you're writing and you want to engage with a reader, um, a technical manual, it's no, the only way someone's going to engage with you on a technical manual is if they are asking you a question because you weren't clear enough. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you can engage someone and get them to think about something, um, whether I'm doing writing something or I'm doing a sales pitch, my goal at the end of the day is I want someone to, to say, I want someone to exclaim, I never thought about it like that. If I can do that, Mm. then I have succeeded in my opinion. And that sparks future conversation, which then gets me to where I can start maybe pitching business or, or gets, you know, uh, gets the client to, you know, someone to actually buy something. Um, that's what I, you know, at the, but at the end of the day, if I can just get people to ask or say, uh, I never thought of it like that, then, then that opens up so many possibilities. And, and that's what you should be striving for in your writing. It's not a formula. It's just a goal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Great advice. Uh, do you have a favorite um, article or piece of content that you've written um, that sort of stands out or that you're most proud of? Uh, could be for Search Engine Journal or another publication. Um, gosh, wow. Uh, well, I, I actually really liked the the piece that I did on uh, uh, for Ask an SEO this last time. I was I was happy with how that one turned out. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the stuff that I, I that I still use, for instance, there was one that I wrote. Uh, my boss says my SEO sucks. Mm. Um, I oh, got yeah. a ton of reaction from that, mm-hmm. and in fact, it's funny that article was about how you have clients that will send uh, that will send you uh, you know these spammy uh, reports that people will run saying your SEO is no good. Um, I actually had a client send me one of those two weeks ago. And I just sent him a link to that article. Oh, wow. That's great. So I'm still using that article. And I think that's a great article. There's another one that I wrote that was on our blog. Um, And I think that's where it was, was on a blog. It was about uh, why cheap SEO, how cheap SEO costs too much. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a really important piece as well, uh, where I actually break down how much it costs to run uh, an agency with quality people versus what some of these folks were charging and how, if they were doing that, they were either utilizing less than stellar people or losing money, which we can probably guess which one they were doing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Good stuff. I, I definitely recommend reading that. Uh, you know, the, the, my boss says your SEO sucks. That was, that was a great piece. I do remember that one. All right. Um, so, so let's see. Uh, are there any current resources, and this could be blogs or social media accounts or podcasts, whatever the case may be, um, 
that you could recommend to people who want to learn more or stay up to date on you know, SEO, marketing, et cetera, et cetera, and help advance your careers? Well, besides Search Engine Journal, of course. Uh, I've heard yeah, of I, I know. I, I, love, I love Search Engine Journal. I read... Uh, I'd love to read every, I try to read everything. I, I can't say totally succeed, but I do like to uh, look at that. And of course, you know, search in, uh, search engine land does a great job. Rusty uh, brick does a great, you know, Barry Schwartz does a great job. Sure. Um, I have really gotten in late, uh, recently. I, I, I've even paying for uh, Marie Haynes newsletter oh, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and listening to her podcast. Uh, she's done a, a, she does a great job of, uh, highlighting everything. Um, and even if I listen to it and I've still, you know, seen already a lot of the stuff that she's talking about, she does a really great job of just giving a, a good recap of what's going on in the industry. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I think that, uh, as far as my latest thing goes and, and frankly, you know, I've, I've always, you know, a lot of the tool providers have always tried to put out good content. I think SEM Rush is putting out some really great content lately yes. as well. Um, uh, just they've really stepped up their game in that, especially when you start talking about international stuff. They're just, they're doing a really good job over mm -hmm. there at, uh, and, you know, and, and I've, and, you know, full disclaimer, I've done some stuff for them, some videos and a few other things. But, but it's not even if I wasn't doing anything for them, I, I, I can tell you that from where the, what they were a few years ago to where they are now they they're they've become a legitimate a legitimate information source for me mm -hmm. absolutely all right good stuff there um a couple fun questions for you so if you weren't in search or marketing anymore and you had to do something else what profession would you love to do instead oh gosh oh my uh a lot of my friends think I should have been a lawyer because I'm really good at, at at arguing. But uh, <laughs> I I I can tell you I'd I'd most likely be in sales. Um, if I had my dream job, I'd be in in either music or theater somewhere. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, that I that was not uh, in the cards for me. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> very good. Uh, and if you could go back in time and give your younger self some advice at any point in your life, what would it be? Is there sort of anything? that you might do different knowing now what you do? I think what I would tell myself is live, live in the now instead of worrying about and, and always worrying and planning everything for the future to an extent. Mm. I did a lot of, uh, I did a lot of more what ifs and dreaming about the future than I did uh, probably pushing to where I could have been a lot better off now in the now, which would have actually pushed me to be better in the future. But being smart about that, it uh, caused me a lot of anxiety and I, and that probably would be the one, you know, I don't want to change anything because I love my life. I love my family. I love everything. So I wouldn't want to change anything that would change that now, but sure. I probably could have worried, le worried less about things that I couldn't control. Mm -hmm. That is a tough one to do. <laughs> Even if you know <laughs> that you probably would still struggle. I know I would. Yeah. I, yeah it, it's, it's, it's not. I, I was actually telling my eight-year-old daughter this exact advice, and uh, I know for a fact that she's going to have to learn it on her own because sure. I can't just tell her. And yeah. and because even to this day, I still have trouble worrying about the things I can't control. I know it. Oh, don't we all? All right. Uh, next question for you: What is the best piece of advice given to you uh, at any point? It could be about SEO. It could be about business, entrepreneurship, anything. What's the best piece of advice that's 
ever been given to you and who gave it to you? One time, uh, about eight years ago, I was going through a really rough time in my business. Um, and someone, and I was just complaining about how things always see it was, you know, two steps forward, two steps forward, three steps back. And mm -hmm. this, the, if you've been in the agency world, you understand this, you, you know, you win a new, you, you win a giant new contract only to have another contract you've had for five years, decide to take it in house. It's mm -hmm. just, you know, yep. it can be, it can be absolutely devastating uh, for that. But uh, one of the things he, he, he told me was, that sometimes you have to learn to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm. And um, that really stuck with me and, and understanding that it's not always going to be, you know, roses. And sometimes being, if you can learn to be comfortable when it's uncomfortable, mm -hmm. then you're going to have a much happier life in general, yeah. all in general. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and that goes back to the whole being in the now, which I was talking about earlier, which I've really, in the last few years, that's been kind of my motto is don't worry about the things you can't control and be comfortable in the uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Very good advice. I like that. All right. Now let's flip that one over and talk about the worst piece of SEO advice that you've ever heard or you're still hearing and that you just wish would, you know, die and go away, never hear it again. What is the worst, worst little bit of SEO advice that you still hear? Uh, yeah, people giving. Oh gosh, I, I mean, there, we we hear some some pretty bad stuff. I think that you know my PBN will never get detected. It's a pretty oh. bad one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Google can't find out about my PBN. Um, uh, that or. The other one is, you know, let's just create thousands and thousands. Of, you know, if we just create a thousand pieces of content, we'll be in good shape. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, and we or we have prospects coming in. Uh, you know, they then they ask, how much content do we need to put out each month? You have to put out what it takes. It, there's not a number. Yep. You know, and the, and the others, you know, anytime someone comes in with an absolute number or something like that, mm -hmm. oh, you need to have, you know, keyword density of 72%. It, <laughs> okay. That's, those, those types of absolutes, oh, you have to do it this way. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, you know, you know, and I actually kind of wrote a little bit about this in, uh, in Search Engine Journal a few months ago about the baby algorithms, right. uh, you know, how that every... Every niche is treated differently, and we're seeing this more and more. It's Google is getting smarter, and they're understanding how, the circles of the internet. You know, they used to, years and years ago, you said these stupid things called web rings, where everyone would kind of link to the next ring. And I think Google's really kind of understanding the web like that now. Mm -hmm. And 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 so what you're doing for your car dealership may not necessarily work for the lady who's running the hair salon down the street. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that is a, that's a, that's a huge deal to understand that there's not a magic formula and people don't get it. And, and so the, a lot of the worst advice that I'm seeing is coming out with absolutes and that you need to do this. And frankly, most of the time you may or may not need to do that. Yep. Absolutely. Good, good answer. Okay, next question for you. In your opinion, uh, how can newcomers to the industry eventually become successful and enjoy long-term success in the industry? 
What's the key to survival and search and digital marketing for you? I think the key the key is first of all, the very first piece of advice is realize that that this is a very small world mm-hmm. uh, that we live in. Uh, if you're a jerk and you're going to be a jerk to other people, don't expect to to have longevity in the, in the space. Um, everyone that I, has come in that's just been a real jerk and tried to take over is gone in, mm-hmm. in most cases that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so treat everyone with respect and understand that if you're going to burn somebody, um, you better have a darn good reason for it because the, it, it's going to come back and haunt you because the space is small enough to where somebody won't work with you because of the way you treated somebody else. Uh, the second piece of advice is if, if you are not willing to put in the, the, the learning um, and you don't like to learn new things, then you probably are not going to succeed. Uh, it's just, I, you know, I tell new employees here, I don't want you to burn out and, and get so burnt out on your job that you don't want to do it anymore. But if you're just going to take the training that we give you and not go beyond and, and, and do some research on your own, you're not going to make it because I can't teach you everything. You have to go and learn some things on your own. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's another reason why I encourage people to have side projects here. Re- build some websites for your friends. Take on those small projects for a few hundred bucks that, that aren't going, you know, for the nonprofit or for the small business that we won't take as an agency and, and try some things out because that's how you get better. Yep. Good advice. All right. Um, what are you most excited about in SEO or marketing right now? Like I was saying earlier, attribution, I think is something that I'm really excited about seeing, uh, uh, what what we can do in the future um, mm-hmm. as far as understanding the every touch point of the consumer. Um, there's some privacy issues around that, but I think that if we can understand that, we can really get to, to showing some success for uh, our clients a little bit better. Um, I, I'm excited to, I'm excited. So there's some paid, paid search stuff that I, that I've gotten, uh, uh, privy to that I really like um, some mm-hmm. of the new stuff that Google's coming out with. Um, and I just, you know, I, as far as organic goes, I'm really hoping that we're going to see a backlash in, in, in this, in what SERPs look like. Maybe we can get some more emphasis back on organic traffic. Um, but regardless, I am I, interested to see where it goes. And if that backlash comes because Google's forced to, because the consumer doesn't like it anymore, or if they can figure out how to make ads so relevant that the consumer doesn't care. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. And my final question for you, what's next for Tony Wright? Well, you know, the, what's next for me is pretty much continuing in, on the same path that I've been on, uh, running this agency and doing the best work we can. I don't have any plans to, you know, big plans to sell or anything like that. Uh, we've had opportunities and, None of them have been right. I'm not saying it won't happen. It, you know, if, if somebody comes in tomorrow with the right offer, it could. But uh, I'm, you know, one of the things I have four kids uh, that I love to spend time with. I love to coach their soccer teams and baseball teams and 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 all of that sort of stuff. So uh, working for somebody else might uh, get in the way of of that. You mm-hmm. know, I love being able to do that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's uh, you know running in. You know, I I really am, am excited about uh, hopefully 
training some new people, the, ne- the next generation of SEOs through Right IMC, seeing uh, leaders come out through here. There's, there's a number of folks that I think will be strong leaders in the industry uh, down the road. And um, I look forward to even hiring more as we uh, continue on this journey. Awesome. That sounds great. Uh, and just from, before we close out, just remind people, um, you know, if people want to reach out to you, um, social media or elsewhere, uh, how do you want people to, to, to get in contact with you? Sure. The, the best way on social media is to just uh, hit me up on, you know, you can hit at me on Twitter or, uh, and that's probably the easiest way. And it's at Tony in right. It's make sure you get that in, in there. That's uh, my middle initial for Nathan. Um, somebody, the, the other guy, uh, web, right. He's actually uh, kind of in the industry. To- another Tony, Wright uh, stole the Twitter handle before me. So uh-huh. it's Tony in at Tony in right. Um, I'm also on Facebook pretty uh, and LinkedIn. Feel free to contact me there. But Twitter, uh, if you at me at Twitter, that's the best way to get me. You can also go to my website at Write IMC. That's uh, it's a, it, IMC stands for uh, Inter- Interactive Marketing uh, Consulting. Uh, IMC, Write IMC. Um, uh, fill out a form there, and I'll get back to you very quickly. Uh, if especially that's more if you want to do business. If you just want to talk, hit me up on Twitter. Awesome. Well, Tony, thanks so much for joining us today and sharing your story. This has been a really great discussion. Well, thank you, Danny, for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. And that does it for this edition of the Search Engine Journal Show. Uh, Thanks to all of you for listening. We really appreciate it. Please tune in again next week for another great episode. And if you haven't yet subscribed to our podcast, now's the time to do it. Uh, you'll still get you'll get lots more great interviews like this one every week for myself, as well as uh, Search Engine Journal's Brent Satoris as we continue to alternate weeks. Uh, and you can follow Search Engine Journal at SE Journal on Twitter. And you can, of course, find us on Facebook and LinkedIn with a simple search. Uh, please let us know if you have any feedback about our podcasts, good or bad. We always want to make them better and more useful to you, our readers, our, our listeners. Uh, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Mr. Danny Goodwin. Uh, that's it. So long and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.